Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> Here we go again. I know you guys like sitting around the tailgate telling stories with good buddies, cracking cold ones. No matter if it's hunting season or fishing season, well, so does the Outdoor Drive podcast. So we're going to bring you Tales from the Tailgate. All right, this is your boy East Coast Trev. We're back on another Tales from the Tailgate. Let's drop this one. And uh, I'm joined with my good buddy, Mr. Madman Marty. What up? What up, dude? I just came for the story. You just came for me too, dude. I love the story. I mean, I came for the cold beer, but if you want to hear the story, then we can hear the story. Yeah, what do you say? I've been waiting for this one for a while. All right, let's go. We got Mr. Jeff on the phone. What's up, brother? Not too much. How you guys doing? Good, man. Appreciate you jumping on this one and telling some good deer stories. We need some good deer stories. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are, man, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do. Uh, so um, I grew up on the South Shore in Massachusetts. I still live down here. I live in Rockland. And um, I started hunting when I was like just out of like high school. Really got into it when I was like 22, and I've just been chasing them around since. Uh, for work, I'm a painter. I work for myself, so... I take off way too much time in the fall to be in the woods <laughs> uh, without getting too crazy with detail. Well, that's about it. <laughs> that's awesome, man. There's nothing better than that. And it seems as if you kind of, you did what you needed to do during the deer season. And you've, you've been chasing these deer for quite some time. We were talking off camera, man. Why don't you tell everybody, let's, let's break right into it. Let's tell everybody the story about your, uh, 2000 and what, 22 deer season 22, is what it yeah. would. Yeah. Let's talk about it, man. Yeah, so 2022 was hands down my best year yet. Uh, last year, uh, the acorns were just crazy where I was. They were everywhere, so there was no pattern to deer. They were just kind of, they'd stay in the bed until like 10 o'clock at night just because there, there was food everywhere. They didn't have to move, so they were safe basically there. I ended up um, trying to put in a little food plot, thinking like maybe like this will pull them out of there and... Once the the doe start hitting it and they start hanging around it, the bucks are gonna come there too. So last year, I mean, I I made it. It was um, a big learning curve. I actually talked to um a few guys on uh, like Boston Bow Hunter. I got a lot of advice from like John Patrick and um, Rob Cope that uh, definitely helped me out a lot. So this year, when I uh, got back into it, I expanded a little like seeding and was able to maintained the weed growth and stuff a lot better so um both of the deer i shot this year i've had on camera since uh 2018 i believe 
going back and um i didn't get the teeth dated or anything but i'm pretty sure that uh curly was five and i think blitzen was six or seven i'm not positive with him but um curly was a deer that all summer i'd have him on camera you i'd like see him daily in certain areas and blitzen was a deer that he just he almost never showed up until november i don't think he was actually on like the property i hunt but i think he'd like cross the road and like mid to late november he showed up every year so opening day in uh zone 11 my uh younger cousin actually shot a shot a buck up in groton so me, my father and i drove up there in the morning I, I was planned on hunting but he uh shot one like right at first light and i was like had some things in the morning that i was mixed up didn't go my way so i was like getting in the woods so I, I went up there, we helped him, we got the deer out of the woods. I came back. I had like maybe an hour of light left. I just hopped in and like uh went to a close stand in the area where I had uh been seeing curly. And I wasn't even in the stand for 15 minutes and he started rolling down a trail to my back right. He, he crossed the trail that I walked in on, and he was about 15 yards from me, but he was behind a little cedar tree. So I had no shot, and he stood there for probably 25 minutes, just kind of looking around. Didn't really seem nervous, but he knew something was off. And he turned off and, like, just trotted back where he came from and probably didn't see him again. I didn't see him again in person until I shot him. And uh, didn't have him on camera until, again, until probably early November. Uh, so I bounced around a few different areas because I had some other good bucks, like, in uh, a few different properties. Uh, I finally got back into where like Curly was and I just went out to a spot that I hung a stand. It was more for like viewing purposes because it had a good sight line to a few different areas. So I could see him come on, coming out of bedding and I was out there and I just figured I brought my calls, my rattling antlers and stuff. And uh, I'm a big fan of when I rattle, I make like an antler tree. I tie three antlers together. I lower them to the ground on my bow rope so they bounce around on the ground. They're making noise. It sounds more real, realistic. And uh, I was doing that, and I heard a deer coming from, like, the oak flat, and he came in, got into, like, some thick stuff in front of me at about, like, 70, 80 yards, and I just did a long grunt on my tube, and he turned, and uh, I'm set, I was set up on, like, a ridge line, and he just he crested the ridge right at 30 yards, like, on the dot in the wide open i just i drew i put the pin on him i let it go and it it felt good to finally hit something uh with a good clean, uh, made a perfect shot on him he ran about 80 yards and crashed and um that was that was just a great start to the season i mean that was he was my best year by far at that time and um after just watching him grow for a couple of years it was like really cool we got like i think i think i only have one shed from him but so that was November 8th. Mm. So I, I got him. We got him out of the woods and just, um, man, I was on cloud nine just with that. And like, he was the second biggest deer I had on camera at the property. And I, I hadn't even seen um, Blitzen yet that year. Cause I, I, I mean, he never shows up till November, no matter what, but for the past, Four years he's always shown up in november um there were very very limited acorns in the area this year 
So the food plot was getting hammered. There were deer in there every day. There was always does. There's a couple of young spikes that were always around it. And um, I hadn't seen them all year. Then I have a cell camera that's probably like a mile away. And I got a picture of them at like, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. I don't remember exactly, but it was on November 11th. And like, I saw that. I knew he was around. So I started to get a little more excited. And um, I'd had an encounter with another 10-pointer that was um, kind of like a funky rack that uh, my buddy Greg McKay ended up shooting uh, opening day of shotgun season. I saw that deer on November 12th, I believe it was. So I went back into that property and I got a picture from my, one of my cell cams, maybe like a half mile from there, that there was a big body. The big body, like, I think he was a seven this year. And nothing really special in Iraq, but he's like a 200 plus pound deer all day. And I missed him in 2018. And it was just like, I wanted him bad. Um, so I, I hopped out of that stand. I ran over to the other stand where I just got him on camera and this was on november 15th i climb up the stand i pull my bow up i sit down i get a notification on my phone i look down and there's blitzing the big ten just standing right in front of my camera in the food plot on this grave <laughs> so i had like a half hour light left so i just packed my stuff and got out of there and um my game plan was after that i was like if i mean there's does in here every day if one of those does is hot right now, he's going to come back. So I'm just going to sit on that stand every day on the plot until he shows up. And um, I think I got in there about 10 the next morning and it was going to sit the rest of the day because it was raining pretty bad in the morning. And I got out there. It was a pretty steady mist throughout the day. It was a little chilly. I wasn't dressed uh, as well as I should have been. But uh, I think it was right about 2 o'clock. I... I got down, I went into the plot, I put like a, a big scent wick on each side just to uh, figure if any buck was roamed by if they smelled that. The wind was blowing perfect for me, so if they caught it, they were definitely going to come in and check it out. And uh, I climbed back up and I was about to text my father. It was probably about four o'clock or maybe a little, little after four. And... Um, I was thinking about being a baby. I was going to run and grab a different jacket because I was wet. It was getting a little windy, so I was getting chilly. Before I could even hit send, I look up, and there's a doe standing in the middle of the plot. And then I, I hear something off to the left where the doe came from. And then I can just see antlers. I can I, can, I heard the antlers, like, hitting the brush first. And then he stepped out, and I just, like, my brain just, like, turned off. I was drooling. <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, cause I, I had, I'd seen one deer probably about his caliber in person in the woods before and, um, never had a chance at like a clear shot. So I'm like, I'm getting like shaky. I'm a little chilly too. So it's like the nerves are definitely hitting me. I turn, I get my camera like focused on to where he is. I reach up, I get my bow and I'm, I'm trying to watch the doe to make sure she doesn't see me. I'm trying to watch him to make sure he doesn't see me. In my head, I'm just like, all right, there's no way he's just going to come out. It's like, it never goes this way. It always turns into the brush or you like just 
something doesn't go right. And uh, he steps out and he's just like, starts eating the clover, walks over right next, right in front of her. And I'm just like, shit. Like, he's in the wide open now. He's like 36 yards away. I hit him with the range finder and I was just like, all right, all right. And I like, I tried to get my camera on him. Like, did I hit record? I, I hit record. I just check in like, the battery's probably going to die. Like, I get my bow in my hand. I get my release on the D-loop. And I'm like, my, my release is going to fail. It's going to fail. Or, like, my D-loop's going to break. Or I'm going to draw <laughs> my bow. I'm going to draw my bow and the knock's going to come off, like, the string, which has happened to me in the past. Like, my brain is just, like, firing in all the wrong cylinders. And I get the bow back. I got it on him. I just set it and, like, was I was pretty surprised how calm I was like able to get myself when I took the shot because like in my head I was freaking out but like my body wise I felt like I had pretty good control and I just I set the pin and I took the shot and it smoked him and he turned and he ran down the field about like maybe 30 yards and he just stopped and he turned and looked back and I was like what the hell? Like, did I like accidentally just like shoot him with like a field point or something? Like, <laughs> like why did he stop running? I'm like, so I get the camera on him, and then he like does like a kind of like hunches his back and like kicks his feet and like starts to go again. And man, I see him. He gets down. He goes across, like splashes through this little brook, and just like gets to the other side and hits a tree and falls down. And then like. Man, my body, I just lost it. My, I was, like, shaking. I was trying to call my father to tell him, and I'm, like, almost dropping my phone from the stands. Like, it was insane. That's nuts, dude. Because, like, all of that's going through your mind all at one time. Like, literally, <laughs> who, I, I, I don't know. I've never thought of anything <laughs> like that. Like, the bow's going to break. Like, that's why, that's nuts. So I had a season. It was probably like back in like 2015. I had just got these like new knocks and I was excited because they were light up ones. And like I didn't test them on my target or anything. Mm -hmm. Now into an area and um, I had it's like 138 inch pointer, like 15 yards. And um, I get my release on and I pull and my thing pops off, falls off my bow, like <laughs> all the way down my ladder. And the thing's just looking at the bottom of my stand. And I was just like, you gotta be like, really? And um, so I threw all those away. Uh, <laughs> I ended up buying, uh, I don't even know what the brand was I ended up using, but mm -hmm. they don't they don't fall off the string. So I, I'm, I've been sticking with them. So what did you do now that you watched this deer crash? Now what do you do? Like where where are you at in your mind? Like you've literally probably just shot the biggest deer of your life. I was like, dude, I was numb. I was like losing my mind. I I couldn't even. I was trying to like text my father, or, like just trying to get to his name in my phone, and I'm like calling people that, that I have numbers in my phone that I haven't seen in ten years. <laughs> by accident. And um. If I finally got, I finally got to him, and I'm just like, he says he looks at his, looks down on his phone, and he's just like, son of a bitch. If he's calling me right now, he, he, he shot one, and the only one that had been around is him. So, and he answers the phone. And he's just like, what'd you shoot? <laughs> and I was just like, I just, I just, I just smoked blitz in. Like, dude, I, I couldn't even talk. I was, 
it was awesome. That's incredible. So at that point, you've now shot two incredible deer, and it's your best season. I mean, there had to have been something going through your mind that you're like, what What did I just do? Like, I just completed my entire best season. I Dude, I couldn't even think straight. I got down. So after I shot... After I shot him in the plot, uh, the doe just kind of hopped into like the brush. She came out of and she came right back out. And then two smaller bucks came in the plot because they were probably like just in the thick stuff that um, was off to the side. And this little spike that I'd, I'd see him like every day in there when I sat there, he comes over. They're standing on top of the uh, my knock because my, my arrow passed right through the buck. And he breathes, he breathes the dough right in front of me, standing on my, the knock from where I just shot the big 10. Wow. So like I'm in my head, I was like, I kind of want to watch this. This is cool. I've never seen anything like this happen hunting before. But then, um, I was also like, I don't care if they see me get out of the stand, man. I am on. So I, I basically, I mean, I slid down my ladder and just like ran across. Like I, I ate it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I tripped over something. I don't even know part of my own feet. Fucking <laughs> 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 mess. <laughs> mess. <laughs> I love it. No. No, so he's find, down find... down. You you can see him laying from, from the stand, correct? Oh, hundred yeah, percent. I can see the belt. I, I knew he was down. And I was um I get down and I run over there just because I want to get a look at him and like the brooks. So like there's um at the way end of it there's like a little brook, but it had just it had been raining all morning so the water level was pretty high, and I was like I don't think I can get across this in my boots, and if I, I went back because I knew I had a pair of like hip boots at the truck, and um I must have like somehow missed my father in passing because he got out of his stand the second I called him and told him. So I called him to see if he could grab the car. And he's like, I'm already out here, man. I'm looking at the deer. I walked straight across the brook. I didn't care if I got wet. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I wanted to do that. But I, at the same time, I, I was already really cold. And I knew I was going to be outside for a while looking at him. So I tried to, um, I couldn't find my boots. So I, I just went back and I ran, I just went right through it. And like, dude, just like the, when I actually saw him laying there, like it was, it was nice. I it, it's hard to put into words when you like so much work, so much time, so like any any spare time I had over this past summer, I was out working on the plot, like making sure, like I was going out there and picking weeds by hands with a five gallon bucket and like filling up every other week, just trying to make sure that it stayed like as good as I could keep it. And this man, this was worth it. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. That is absolutely insane. What a great buck, dude. So what? I got him. I got, got them both scored. And I got, um, uh, let's in the 10. He came in at uh, 155 and three eighths inches. Wow. And, Curly was like like one thirty and change. I don't remember exactly what he was, but super wide. Curly was real wide. Like, um, wow, what incredible bucks, man! They're beautiful deer, and to be New England deer, like those are like you don't see nobody shoots 
150 and 130 inch deer in the same season. Like that's an incredible, incredible season. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean that that will probably never happen again. But I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Now, were they like, both shot on the same property? Uh, so one was on my family's property, and the other was um, like um, a couple hundred yards away on public. Oh wow! So so they were they were close. I mean, they could have potentially been on the same property. Oh yeah, like definitely. That's nuts. It's buffled in the past. Wow, that's so cool. That is so nuts. I'd like to, uh, if you don't mind, explain some of your trials and tribulations with this food plot because I think myself and most of the listeners can probably relate to most of your headaches. And I'm just curious to hear like some of the stuff maybe you picked up from Rob Cody or um, what you did to actually get it to work good enough to find success. Yeah, so I, the food, it's like a decent way out into the woods and um so the first year i did that i went out there with hand loppers a hand rake and just like some some gloves and just started like lopping out briars and like clearing it because it was it was like a lot of overgrown briars and just like i didn't have to like cut down trees and stuff to do it you know it was uh it took time but it wasn't uh wasn't horrible um once I kind of got it established, the, the hardest thing for me was like trying to keep up with the weeds and learning that you have to mow clover to really keep up with it. So I had like an weed whacker I was going out there with and weed whacking the whole plot, like maybe every three weeks over the summer. And it was miserable. Like the weeds were just like crazy overtaking it. And like by the time deer season came around, it was like mostly weeds again. So I ended up buying a like, little push mower that I could bring out there. And um, I forget what I used. Uh, so like Rob told me about like a fertilizer that's really good for it. And um, I just went out there because I, I cleared more. I got it to like a size to where I knew that like it, it's going to hold deer and there's enough there to then all kind of wipe it out in like the first week of the season or something. And um I'd say the biggest thing was like, you need to mow it. You need to be able to mow it for clover because it helps. It really helps knock down the weeds. Right. I also spent a lot of time out there. Just like every time I went out there to check the trail cameras over the summer, I went out like every two weeks and I was walking around with like a two gallon or five gallon bucket. And I was just like walking around pulling weeds, like spent like an hour or two out there, like every day. Every, well, every time I went out, I shouldn't say right. every day. And, um, man, uh, I used like a liquid fertilizer too. That really helped the clover. I went out, th- I ended up going out there cause we had a cu- couple pretty warm days and I think it was like mid to late October where I like kind of, I went out and I sprayed it again and, uh, everything just came back to life. Like it, it really like perked it back up and, uh, the activity like went up too. So I feel like that might've, uh, might've helped me on my end. Did you stay just straight clover the whole entire time, or did you plant over it with something else to bring the deer in also? So the previous year, I had tried turnips, and they just didn't touch them. Right. Um, I was thinking, I think I might mix in, like, some winter greens or something this year. Yeah. Because I think, 
I've heard they're a little more resilient and um I think uh it might like last a little longer once it, if it gets cold early. Right. But I mean I might just stick with Clover, man. I can't argue with the results I got. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I think that's great. I mean, look, you shot 150 something inch deer over it, so I guess it it can't be that bad. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. What a great deer. What a great season. I don't think it gets any better than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I uh, I felt like a long time coming because I've had a few encounters with some nice deer over the years, but it just seems like I rattled in a giant that probably would have been probably about the same score as him, but his, this buck was real wide. I actually got his sheds right here. Did, did you have sheds from... from uh, Blitzen? Yeah. I could never find him. That's why I don't think he. I don't think he stayed on the property. I right. think he just came. Remember, but like th- this guy, I had a few encounters with him, and I rattled him in one day. I had him coming on a string. I could see him coming through the brush, and um, at about forty yards, he kicked up a bed of doe, and it was mid-November, so he just turned and tail and followed her off, and. I just sat there potent. <laughs> oh my god! It I know sounds about like, that. yeah. It sounds like you got. <laughs> oh man! Well, it was a that's a killer season, dude. That's absolutely. You know what though? All those all those heartaches that you have and close encounters that don't work out. It just makes seasons like these feel that much more special. Yeah, and I mean, I I learned a lot about like mature deer chasing that big time because I was after him for a few years. And uh, another hunter shot him in, like, 2018, I believe, which uh, I was out in, uh, out in my climber with my muzzleloader looking for him. And I got uh, a friend of mine, like, sent me a picture of it on, like, a Snapchat. And I was just uh, sitting in my stand. I was like, well, I'm out of here. I lowered my muzzleloader. I packed up my climber. It was probably, like, 3 in the afternoon. I was like, oh, I don't even want to be out here anymore. Now I'm just mad. <laughs> Oh, I know that all too well. Yeah, that's but that's that's the trials and tribulation. Those are the humbling years that make it worth it. And then now for you to do what you had to do, you went through all that to to be able to shoot two amazing deer in one season, which is not many people can say they've done that before. To be honest with you, yeah. I, so my my plan is next year. I got um, I got a buddy who uh, he just started hunting last year, well this this past year. And um, I, I put him in a stand. He got his first deer. And I got, uh, like, two or three other people that I'm going to try to help get uh, try to get deer this year. And uh, I'm thinking I'm probably – I might, if I'm, feel, if I'm feeling good in the early season, I'll let them sit in there and, like, take a doe or two just because we didn't touch any does this year on that property. So South Shore Guide my- Service? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, if you got, like, a 130 or something running around, I'll come up for you. <laughs> <laughs> no we leave those no. ones alone <laughs> yeah not me it might it, it, it might be a couple of years until i get another decent one out there but i mean i'm sure another buck might move in too since those two aren't there anymore mm-hmm. for sure just won't know until like september probably yeah well at least you can keep your eye on it now you got a good food source for them the does will be there hopefully the acorns don't get too crazy so they're still on that clover or whatever you end up planting in there and you can just do it all over again uh, that's the plan man I hope <laughs> I hope so 
That's awesome. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you joining us on the Outdoor Drive, man, and it was a great story, and congratulations on a great, great season, and hopefully you can do it again and we can do another Tales down the road. I hope so, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, and everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.